It is very good to see you. And um, I'm going to pray as well. Uh, Father God, come and take these words and help. Lord, help me. Help us to see you more clearly. Lord, come and be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. You you just have to know that I've had the most riot of an afternoon as I've been preparing this. Because um, uh, if you've never spent a whole afternoon just reading about heaven, uh, you should definitely do that. Because it is really great. So I've kind of come in and I'm a little bit kind of wired this evening. Um, so if, if what you get is a kind of garbled jumble about how awesome heaven is, um, well, hopefully you hear some of the awesomeness of it, uh, but that you don't get it, um, that's actually quite like reading Revelations. Because um, that's kind of what I've been in a lot this afternoon. So um, I hope that some of it comes across. But I want to start in a slightly different place. I want to start with uh, two moments of joy from last week, um, if I may. Uh, the first moment of joy uh, was hearing Wes preach about sex and seeing him say the word breasts in church. That just, uh, just, just, I don't know about you, that made me smile, I just thought, yes, we, I'm not even going to say that next line, um, but that, you know, I just, uh, I thought that was great, you know, the youth worker needs to do that more, uh, so we're going to get him up again next week to talk about, no we're not, um, but the other thing, you, you need to know this, that, that, that when God shifts something, he just does it, and, it, and it's a wonderful thing. And, and I know that Wes was preaching about sex last week, but actually, I heard something different. And he sent us away with those cards. I took about five of them for our house. I've put them everywhere so that I bump into them and the kids bump into them. Um, so, but, but the thing that shifted was, was I just had this moment where I was like, the gospel is really good news. I don't know about you, because, you know, often when we hear, when we hear a talk on sex, it's kind of like, oh, God doesn't want you to have any fun and he's, you know, you know, it's bad news. And I was just like hearing Wes and the way that he talked about it, I was like, this is great news. What God has got for us is great news. And it's great news for our world and for our culture. So I just wanted to start with that because I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, I thought that if we were going to talk about heaven, that probably the best place to start was to talk about the Death Star. I hope that's okay. I mean, if you've seen Star Wars, uh, this is uh, the fictional kind of uh, super weapon in space. This, I think, I'm not like a Star Wars geek. I think, someone will tell me after. I think this is version one. Uh, and uh, version one was 62 miles in diameter. It is massive. It is crewed by an estimated, obviously it's only estimate, 
It's not real. How is it estimated? Couldn't they have just given it anyway? Sorry, an estimated 1.7 million military personnel and 400,000 droids. And then the second Death Star is even bigger. This is like the, the super weapon of, of the evil forces of the, uh, and, and, and the second one is, is even bigger. Uh, it's a hundred, it's 900 kilometers in diameter. It is massively more powerful than its predecessor. It is awesomely huge and awesome. So I just thought, as we were talking about heaven, that we might start with the Death Star. I hope that makes sense. Um, It might by the time we get to the end. (laughs) You hope so. I hope so too. Um, Here's the thing. As we come to talk about heaven, actually, there is a there is a hopeful element in this where we kind of go, yes, but, but actually there's also another bit where we, where, we, where, we, where we don't want to go there. You know, Meg and I over the last year have had uh, both sets of parents have major health scares. And we, you know, frankly, I, I, don't, want, I, I don't want to lose Meg's dad and, and I don't want to lose my dad. And, and they're both all right at the moment. But I know that there are, there are folks here in this room and you've lost people recently. And, and I want you to know, before we talk about hope and the wonders of heaven, I want you to know that actually there's a whole element of this that is just tough. Because even if we believe in heaven and people going to heaven or whatever that looks like, actually, when we, when we lose people, when they die, we miss them. And that just really hurts. So I don't want you to, I don't want, me talking about the hope of heaven to actually take away from the grief of losing, losing someone that you love. I, I have taken um, what feels like now an, an awful lot of funerals. And um, it has to be said that most uh, folks, unless they've uh, come through a kind of strong Christian tradition, that the that the view of what happens after death is is fluffy clouds to say the least. Uh, you know there is this language of of well you know um, I don't think I've done a funeral for Bernie so I'm going to use the word Bernie. Uh, Bernie is with me. You know um, I know that when I go into the kitchen and and he sits in his favourite chair I know that he's with me and I know he's in a better place now. I've got no idea what that place is like or how you get there or what on earth it might be, but it's probably jolly fluffy and he gets to sit on a cloud and play a harp um, and eat cake because he loved cake. Um, <laughs> there might well be cake in heaven, I don't know. Um, there is this sense that, that as we think about heaven, hang on a moment. That as we think about heaven, that, that what we think that might be in store for us is that the best hope is that we'll get a cloud somewhere and we'll probably get this strange attachment, which is a, a sort of pair of wings, because every heavenly body should definitely have a pair of wings. And we'll get to kind of float around, flippy flippy on a cloud, uh, and, and maybe, maybe we'll get harp lessons or something. Um, and it's probably going to be actually quite boring, because um, after we've done that for about 10,000 years, 
We've kind of gone more cloud, more harps, more trumpets. You know, we've kind of gone, what do we do next? Um, you know, but I think actually most people's picture of heaven, even if they don't believe in a God, is something like that. You know, it's this fluffy cloud land. So what I want us just to try and do is just to see if we can try, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to succeed, try and just see actually what does the Bible say about this. Um, so the first thing that we have to do is that if we're going to talk about heaven, actually we need to talk about earth first. Um, and I have done a diagram again. I did one of these um, for a couple of the, a few, few talks recently. It kind of helped my brain process something that feels a bit complicated. Um, the first thing is that there is uh, two bits of language here. Um, the first bit of language is the heavens. This is the created stuff that we can see. And in the ancient world, as you, you know, as you look out at the world and you're not necessarily aware because we haven't had the whole kind of earth-sun revolution, we're not the center of the universe thing kind of yet, that actually you look out at the world and there is this great big dome covering it and we're at the center and the heavens are this. And that God is somehow other. Yeah, he's up there, we're here on this bit of the dome, and, and if there's a hell, it's probably down there, you know, under the earth with the lava and the burning stuff. Um, so that's the heavens in terms of the created stuff, but there's this overlap between heavens and heaven. Um, I, I'm only going to put up for each of these slides one verse, but for each of them, I've got about 20 verses that kind of go alongside it. So if you want the 20 verses, I'll, I'll just give you a concordance and you can look up heaven. Um, the first thing about heaven is that actually the primary way of understanding it is, is nothing to do with a place that we go to. The point of heaven is that it is God's dwelling place. I lift my eyes up to you, to you who sit enthroned in heaven. You see, heaven is the place where God's throne is, where he rules and reigns. Psalm 11, verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. Psalm 103, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Matthew 5, 34, but I tell you, do not swear an oath at all by heaven, for it is God's throne. Matthew 16, 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was revealed, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Hebrews 8, verse 1. Now the main point of what we are saying is this, that we do have such a high priest who has sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty of heaven. And, get this, 
It's not all just, you know, happy, go lucky in heaven. Revelation 12. Then war broke out in heaven. Hmm. Something else is going on. So there's heaven and it is God's throne. God the Father's throne. And Jesus is on his right hand. So Jesus, the Lamb of God, is also there. So first thing about heaven is nothing to do with a place that we go to when we die. This is all about the rule and reign of God. His dwelling place. His throne place. His kingship. But there's another element to heaven. And it's to do with the coming kingdom of heaven. When Jesus is on earth, what he does is he teaches his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there is a a kingdom of heaven that is coming on earth. And the great news is, is that we get to join in with it. We are supposed to seek first the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Sorry, that's a paraphrase. To seek first his kingdom. The heaven bit comes from the verse before. We are partners with him on this earth. With his advancing heavenly kingdom coming. We get to join in. If you didn't hear Paddy's talk from this morning... Can I encourage you to go online and to, and to have a listen this morning? Because one of the thing, things that Paddy talks about really clearly this morning is how the world is a mess. And, uh, you know, what a, what a great thing to reflect upon on Remembrance Sunday. That actually it's, you know, we're, we're not in this place of peace. There is an awful lot of mess going on. And he, and he described that for us in a heart-wrenching way. But he then talked about the hope. Of the fact that God uses people, you and me, to join with him in the advancement of his kingdom on earth. That we're supposed to make a difference. It is not about some idle hope, some kind of political change where we're, everything's going to be different if you vote for me. This is us making a difference and joining in with God in the advancement of his kingdom. And the best news is, is we get, we get citizenship of the heavenly kingdom as we pursue the heavenly kingdom coming on earth. So it's like we get our passport stamped. Isn't that awesome? So don't worry about what happens with Europe because you are citizens of heaven and you can go anywhere. You don't even need a visa. Isn't that awesome? No, actually that's slightly too trite, but anyway. Um, but you are your citizens of heaven. What that means is, is, is you, you have got your life passport stamped. Because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Which is kept in heaven. Um, now, here's the thing. There is this sense as well. So it's his kingdom coming to earth. The first bit was uh, us lifting our eyes up. Uh, to him who sits in throne. The second bit is his kingdom coming and us joining in with it. But there is this other sense of the future coming heaven. This is the place that we talk about going to. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. 
that I go to prepare a place for you. This wonderful picture of heaven. And if you, if you haven't kind of dug into how that works, what happens is that the, the groom asks the bride if, if they can get married. And then he goes back, the groom goes back to the father's house and he literally builds an extension on the father's house so that when they are married, then they can go back there and they can live there together in the father's house. So he's building an extension for you and for me. How good is that? And you get your own one. I mean, I, I don't know what you're going to put in a request for. I'm like hoping for a spa and... Oh, I, I No, actually, you know, because all of those things are too much shorthand, aren't they? The point about having a place in the Father's house is you get access to the Father's presence. It's not about the presence he'll give you. It's about the fact that you get access to the Father's presence. My father's house has many rooms. So this place that we think about for the future, it's in the father's house. There's a place for us. Hebrews uh, chapter 11 verse 16 says this. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So it's not just a room, but it's a city and a country. How does that work? I'm not sure. This is just what it says. I'm just telling you what it says. Uh, Then, uh, Hebrews 4 verse 9, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So this place that we're going to get to go to, there's going to be a room, it's going to be a city, and it's going to be a country. And in that place, we get to rest. How good is that? I I love rest. Rest is one of my favorite things. And then, except I also quite like work, which is weird. But anyway, um, that's because God made work. If, if, by the way, have you, ever, have you ever looked at work in Genesis? This isn't in the notes. Work comes before the fall. There's going to be work in heaven. Because work is good. I, I'm sorry if you don't like work, but the work that you're going to get to do in heaven, it's going to be great. Um, Revelation chapter 4, Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. There is this this labor that comes from wrestling with the earth. And we see that at the beginning of Genesis. That bit of the working will be done. There will be rest, there will be peace. But there will still be work. There's also this sense that in, in this future context of heaven that we go to, there is a whole weird time zone thing that operates, which we kind of, uh, frankly, I, I, I tried to start sort of thinking about, could I draw this? I, I couldn't do it. I'll just have to read it to you. Because there's this future sense and the sense that people will wake up and, and other people will get included and they might go to sleep and all the rest of it. But then... Jesus just messes with our heads because in Luke 23, he says this, and he's on the cross. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Huh? <gasps> I don't know how that works. All I can tell you is, that, is it, that's, that's how, that is how it works. It's like instant and, uh, and other stuff. Um, but it's future as well. Then, then, then get this about the, about the stuff that's coming for the future. 
Matthew 5 verse 12, rejoice and be glad because your reward is in heaven. You know, what we can do is we can build up a store in heaven of good stuff, a reward in heaven. As we serve him, that's what he does. Matthew 6 verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, not stuff on earth. Where is it that you are building your storehouse, your treasure house? Have you started to build one in heaven yet or not? Because if you, if you haven't started building one in heaven and you've got lots of stuff on earth, um, start building one in heaven. I mean, we're going to, at some point next year, we're going to do a big ask about the rock project. So that's your opportunity to just shed all of that stuff that you've been storing up on earth and share it with the church family in terms of the rock project. Okay, so that's coming. Um, but are you building up in, for in heaven? Have you started? Have you started a heavenly savings account? You know, this is God's version of an ISA, except the tax returns are exponential and they go on forever. I preached on this verse, just touched on it at Mary Tudor's funeral. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. He's got rest for us. He's got a reward. He's got a storehouse for us. He's got a crown. He's got a crown for each of you. You know, in our house, we've had dressing up boxes for years. And, you know, there's always that little tiara and and all the boys wear it when they're little. And then they get to a point when they stop wearing it. And, you know, but he's got a crown for you. One that's been tailor made to fit your head. He's got a crown for you to wear. Treasure in heaven. One, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. And we know that if this earth, earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, that we have a building from God, an eternal house, not built by heavenly hands. What he's talking about is having a new body. You know, when you get to heaven, okay, he's not going to give you some flappy wings, all right, and some kind of ethereal body that sort of slips through walls accidentally. Okay, what you're going to get because, the, you know, God hasn't made his creation as an accident. God's Jesus first miracle in John's gospel is to turn an outstandingly, overwhelmingly amount of wine into water, into wine at a party where they've already had wine. And he makes it the best. You know, God is God is invested in his creation. So when you. When you die and he gives you a new body, it's going to be like the best ever version of a human physical body. And you'll be able to eat stuff. You're not going to flap around on a cloud with wings that you occasionally fall off. All right. And those bits in you that are cranky, they're going to be sorted. All right. There's not, you know, I've noticed this thing, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm getting old. I haven't told Meg this. It's confession time. I've now started to. Take my shirt off, my this shoulder, because this one is always cranky. And it's actually, it's not even that it hurts, because it's quite good at the moment. It's fine. Look. 
Um, it's just that I, you know, I know that it's uncomfortable. When, when I get to heaven and I've got a new body, this shoulder's gonna be like, come on! Yeah? And some of you, some of you have had like replacement hips. You're not gonna even need the replacement hips because God has got the best set of hips for you ever! Okay, and for those of you, you know, that are kind of 14 year old, 14 years old or 13 years old thinking, what on earth is this old bald headed bloke talking about? Don't worry, it's coming to you. You'll get cranky. And then great news, because your cranky version of your body will get replaced with a real good new one. That's what's coming for us in heaven. See, this is not fluffy. The thing about the fluffy version of thinking about heaven You know, the thing about this thing of, oh, you know, he's just around the corner. Bernie, this person that I lost. You know, that's not heaven. That's you lost your keys and you hope that they're really close in the house somewhere. That's what that is. It's not any more hopeful than that. That's it. Heaven. Heaven is awesome. Heaven is forever. Heaven is new bodies. Heaven is rest. Heaven is treasure. Heaven is this storehouse that you've been investing in. And he's been investing in like tenfold, a hundredfold. There's this, there's this other thing as well, because it's this, the, the th- time, right? Time is weird. Because we, we think we've got a handle on time and because we're, because we're in it, it's kind of like, how could anything else possibly ever make sense? But the thing is, this, this time frame thing that we're stuck in, that's not the thing. We, we think that, that heaven must sit within this kind of time zone of this watch that we created with Greenwich Mean Time and all the rest of it. It doesn't work like that. He's outside that because he made all of that. This sits within that, not the other way. Um, so, when we get to Acts chapter 7, verse 55, and this is Stephen, and Stephen is being stoned to death, well, what we get is, is suddenly the, the, the veil between earth and heaven suddenly is thin. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. 2 Corinthians 12, this is Paul. I will go on to the visions and the revelations from the Lord. And he's talking in the third person, but he's talking about himself. I I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. This is like this. It's this place where he's 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 glimpsing what heaven is like. But it's not it's not just a vision. It's like heaven is actually opened and has become thin. I was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in his body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows. He says that bit twice. Um, Was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things that no one is even permitted to tell. I love the fact that he that he that he doesn't know whether he was like 
on the planet seeing this stuff as a vision or whether he was whisked away. (laughs) Sometimes this future thing that we're anticipating is close and thin and a present reality and is experienced. So, um, let's get back to the Death Star. Uh, Revelation 21 verse 2, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. You see, their warped version of it, their movie Hollywood version of it, was just a poor imitation, not of a Death Star, not of a killing machine, but of a place of life and wealth and joy. You see, this new city coming down out of heaven, this new Jerusalem, this is talking about the future when the dwelling of God will be with people. When everything is restored. This is the heaven that we look forward to. Not just the one about us dying and going to be with God. But this is about him coming to be with people. With heaven and earth being made completely new. Some of you are thinking, what's the Death Star link? Here's the Death Star link. Uh, This massive life... Station, heaven, it is attempted at being described in Revelation. The Death Star is uh, 60 miles or kilometers or something in diameter. This is 220, 200, no, 2,200 kilometer cube on each side. Okay, I I was like, how big is that? That is from Bristol Airport all the way to the edge of Greece. It's that massive. And it is this huge gold jasper glass cube. And it is this attempt to, whether whether it is actually that or whether it is this represent, who knows? If Paul said that, then I can say that too. Who knows? Um, But there's this picture of this amazing life light station coming down out of heaven, this holy city, and it is vast. Not only is one length, one side of it from Bristol Airport, very approximately, to uh, the top end of Greece, but the walls are 65 kilometers thick. I mean, I, I mean, I've got some, I've got some questions about how this thing is being propelled and floating. But, but you know, we get to that. And obviously, there's a pro, there's a presumption on this map that it's coming down over Europe, which is obviously a complete fallacy. But there you go. Um, here's the thing: this this place is beautiful. It is beautiful, not just in the way that it is adorned and the best of materials, but it is radiant and filled with light. Why? Because God is there. 
This is the place that he dwells in and he chooses to come and be with people. This place is for those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Question for you. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Put your hand up if it is. Come on. Okay, if you're not sure, if you're following Jesus, then get your hand in the air now. Come on. Great. Brilliant. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. This is for you. He's got enough gold, enough jasper, enough stuff to make this thing, whether it's an actual thing or a, I don't know, but it's, it's massive and it's for you. And in this, this is where God is. It provides light for the nations. There's no more dark. There's no more night. Because in this place, he is the light. It's for everyone whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. Its gates are never shut. There's this weird sense in Revelation where he's, he's not quite sure what it is. It is, is this amazing cube thing heaven or has, has earth been new created and people are coming and going and going and coming? Uh, and it's, and it's kind of not clear except that there is this picture that the, that there's this, there's an avenue, there's this main street with trees in it and the leaves in the trees are for the healing of the nations and the nations whose kings seem to bring into this heavenly cube thing, life star. Um, bring those things as an offering to the king of kings in their worship. I don't know, but he's amazing. And what's even more amazing in this place is there's no more of the curse. It's been broken. There's no more death. There's no more pain. Evil has been dealt with. Judgment at this point has happened. If you want to kind of try and do a timeline of revelation in terms of how we get there to this, I I wish you well, because the timeline in revelation is kind of like, it's over here. No, it's over here. No, it's over here. And that, but all we know is the end bit. <laughs> the end, this is, this is where we land. The curse is broken. Evil is dealt with. Sin is gone. Pain is no more. Death is no more. Tears are no more. In this place, There is light. There is healing. There is worship. The servants, this is what I'm talking about, the work bit. The servants serve and they reign. (laughs) The servants serve and they reign because that's what friends do. And he reigns in this place because God's dwelling Is with his people. You see heaven is not about. Fluffy clouds. Or a nice feeling. Heaven is not about. You know. Oh it's okay. Because they're there. Heaven is about the rule. And the reign of the king of kings. 
And the Lamb sits on the throne because He is worthy. What I'd love to do is just to come into land by reading you the bit from the beginning of Revelations. Revelations chapter 4, and the time in this bit again is wonky, but God can handle that. And then I'd love us just to worship and to pray and to pray, and it might be that that as you've been hearing, that, that what you need is you need your hope restored this evening. Not restored in the sense of, ah, oh, I, 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 you know, but for some of you, you might need this, just that, that confidence that the person that you love, that God's got them safe. It's an okay thing to pray for too. But some of you need a, a, a kind of like a, a confidence in him reboot. That he's got this. And that his rule and reign is good. And that we can anticipate that. But also we can play our part here and now while we wait. Revelation chapter 4. After this I looked and there before me was the door standing open in heaven. And the voice I heard first speaking to me like a trumpet said this. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was the throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated with them were 24 elders and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbles and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing, and they were the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there were what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne, there were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. And the first living creature was like a lion, and the second like an ox, and the third had the face of a man, and the fourth like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him and lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before him and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive honor and glory and power. For you created all things. And by your will, by your will they were created and have their being. Let us not shortchange ourselves or others with how we view heaven. This is nothing less than the rule and reign of Almighty God who's included us because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And he's got a job for us to do in the here and now with his coming kingdom. But he's also got stored up for us an abundance of his new city, his holy city that will come when he returns.